Hello, everybody, and welcome back to All Opinions, No F***s. This is Preston. And Brennan, and welcome to 2021. We made it! Did we, though? Yeah! Woo! <laughs> we made it. Uh, we made it just in time to watch The Republic Crumble. Uh, today is January 6th, the day in which the capital was... Surged by crazy people. Yes. Let's start off with that. Okay, but first, I just remembered, it's okay, January 6th, Tyler's birthday. Oh, that's, that's not... It. Happy birthday, Tyler. That's Happy it. birthday, Tyler. That's it. Go on. I just think it's a, you know, topical thing to talk about really fast, where both the House and Senate were going to count the electoral votes and make it official of Joe Biden becoming our president-elect. And right, and normally so, that's just a, what do you call it, a formality. Formality, yes. But this case, it's a little more than a formality, it seems. Yes. Uh, never seen before. I mean, it's... Would I'm, you use the word unprecedented? Yes. Uh, to describe every moment of the last four years? Frightening. <laughs> I can t- yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's scary, frightening. As of now, we have one woman dead. Yeah, I saw that. She got shot in the riots or something like that. Yeah, I believe uh, the Capitol Police shot her. And there were six wounded last I saw. Right. So, you know, 2021, maybe that's just the uh, aftermath of 2020. And hopefully we move forward from here. So and with that, Preston, we haven't done this in a minute. Right. Let's talk about 2020 in review. <laughs> Yeah, to cover. Fuck, I don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah, I mean, 20 so to to sum up my 2020, 2020 was a year that I thought was going to be great. I definitely remember I listened to all of our podcasts recently and I remember in one of them around the end of 20, uh, 2019, I specifically said, I have a good feeling about 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I and then I reached back in time and smacked myself upside the head. <laughs> so, do you want to say that about twenty twenty one? Um, yeah, I have a good feeling about twenty twenty one. So the interest. The question is, I don't know if I trust your feelings at this point. <laughs> I don't know if I trust your feelings. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, I um I feel the same way about 2021 as I do did about 2020. Actually, no, I don't. I feel cautiously optimistic about 2021. I was just straight up optimistic about 2020. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, um, 2020 was actually a net positive for me, and really a really good learning year for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely learned a lot about myself. It was the successful year of single Preston, if you recall. I do. I do. I was successfully single for the entire year. I enjoyed every minute of it. There were times where my brain was like, but you could have guaranteed companionship. And then I was like, yeah, but I could also just have companionship that I can shoo, go away now, and I'm done. I don't need companionship for a while. A limited scope. Yeah, exactly. I fell in love with myself in 2020. Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah, so see what I'm wearing? This is dumb, but I don't care. So I'm wearing two black rings, one on each ring finger. You married yourself? I did. <laughs> is that the takeaway here? That's the takeaway. <laughs> no, so um, I I was modifying. Um, so one of the things that happened in 2020 is I bought a brand new mountain bike. Right. And I, 
I had bought a used mountain bike and I started riding it and got hooked. And then I started riding with my friend Garrett, who's going to be on the podcast. And he very easily talked me into getting a new mountain bike because my old one was not in good condition. So I got a brand new mountain bike. And one of the things I did to it was I cut off about a half inch on each side of the handlebars to shorten the, the width of the handlebars. Makes it a little bit easier or a little bit more responsive for turns. Mm-hmm. And they when I cut them off, I was like, that looks like the size of a ring, and it fit perfectly over my ring finger. Oh, shoot, that's rad. So these are actually the ends of my bike handlebars. So I married myself slash my mountain bike. That is really fascinating. Yeah, clever. right, cool. Yep. But the question is, can you take them off? I can, yeah. I just did. Okay, did there. you just immediate? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, take it off. All right. I That's... actually thought I've lost them several times. So are they like good luck rings to you now? Like when you get on the bike and go for a ride on the mountain? Because, you know, mountain biking is pretty intense. Yeah. I actually injured is myself. It a, is it a good luck charm? Uh, I guess so. I don't really believe in good luck charms. It's just, it's more of a symbol. Okay. I believe in symbols in that they have the power that you give them. They have the power that whoever uses them gives them. And so as such, I do believe in symbols. But I don't believe in symbols having any kind of power on their own per se right you know like i don't believe that a piece of the cross will heal someone for example but got it yeah so but i i definitely am a believer in symbols as long as you use them properly yeah right. yeah i would say 2020 for me as well was a was a enlightening year as i put on facebook i lived i laughed i loved and i lost yep i definitely covered the spectrum of emotions of you know fun crazy happy times to Complete loss, confusion, and desperation. And uh, where are you sitting right now? Oh fuck! I think I'm sitting, so that's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm still trying to, you know, gather that and process that. But in all, I think 2020 was good. If I look at the overall, the 52 weeks, I had a lot of fun. Not a crazy fun. Yeah. With you in it too. You definitely went off the rails in 2020. Yeah. No. I mean. If you think about 2020 for me, I definitely have covered the challenging perspective perspective of uh, different lifestyles and uh, experiences, and yeah. Yeah, was, uh, you had, I don't know how much you want to talk about things that happened in 2020, like how specific you want to get. But I don't know yet. I know, <laughs> I know you definitely had at least one unique experience, but I won't, I yeah. won't, I won't say what it was. Um, right. Dating a mom was hard. <laughs> Yeah, and but it was only tangentially re- related to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think twenty uh, twenty, I want to say was a net positive for me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because I think it made me deep dive in self, and re-enter you know my ponderance about the world around me and my existence. True, and I I see a little bit of that on your face because um, you can't tell, but. I haven't seen Brennan for several months. Nope. He right now looks like a cross between Michael Moore and the Unabomber. <laughs> so you like the beard? <laughs> I do, actually. It, it actually really works for you. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, so in first week, second week of November, post-girlfriend's passing, after seeing you last, my parents were concerned about my state of mind and existence. So we went to lunch and they, it was kind of like a coup. They're like, we're taking you on a road trip. I'm like, it's a bad idea to take me anywhere. So they did. 
And uh, we spent the next six weeks, seven weeks on the road. And, uh, you know, it's always good to spend time with your parents. My mom, who... Yes, although generally I would say short amounts at a time. But yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> in small increments, it's good. You know, small increments, but in also bigger spaces. Oh, right. All right, so an RV, which, which they have a big, nice... you had neither. Right. So, you know, they doubled down. <laughs> um, so by the end of it, it was like, who's going to murder who? Who's going to murder who? And um, My money was on your stepdad. What's his name? Russ. Yeah, I think he was going to murder everyone. Oh, no, I, I, I straight up told him. I, my goal is for you to murder me. <laughs> That was said. <laughs> uh, so, you know, but it's a good thing. I think that the net positives were the takeaways of being there for my parents. Conversely, they were trying to be there for me. We went to see my stepbrother in uh, Kentucky. That was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a net positive trip. And then I look back at 2020. I did a fucking lot. Yeah. I was the poorest I've been, the desperate I've been, jobless I've been. But yet, I found silver lining. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Thank you for the pandemic money, uh, federal government. Yeah, right? Did you get uh, your second round? I got mine already. I haven't got mine yet. Yeah. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I think the pandemic saved me financially. It really did. I could see that. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we got to monetize this podcast this year is the goal. Okay. Um, I didn't know that was the goal, but sure. But right. now it is. It's, no, it's, it's the on the record. Sweet. It's on the record. Uh, we Let's need to find some advertisers I can stomach. Maybe I can get Wizard of Flow to advertise. That's the company that I, the website that I bought, have started buying all my Dragon Dragon Staff stuff from. Oh okay, I like. Oh it. yeah, have we talked about Dragon Staff on no. this podcast at all? Uh, I think you mentioned it that you found it interesting before, but I don't think you've really gone. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it because I think I, you've highlighted the you'd like it as a theme, but I don't think you talked about your experiences with it. Right, because um, so the dragon. So tw- another good thing that happened in twenty twenty is that I picked up the dragon staff again. My dragon staff. So what a dragon staff is is it is a five foot long pole, five foot long staff that has a hub at each end, which holds four wicks. So it's like four, maybe like six to eight inch long wicks, mm-hmm. and they they're perpendicular, so it's like a cross of wicks on each end of a five foot pole and then it has a grip on it that lets you roll it around on your body without it just sliding all over the place and so you you spin it and twirl it and roll it around on your body and throw it up in the air and you do it all while it's on fire oh shit and uh so i started doing that in 2017 i got really addicted to it and then the staff that i bought back then was really excuse me was really heavy and the grip on it was pretty slippery. So once the grip got even a little bit sand of sand on it, it got really slippery and I basically couldn't do any of the more advanced tricks. So I kind of gave up on it. And then it kind of sat in my room or slash the garage for the next three years. But then... You're like, hey, I work from home. I work remote. I'm bored as shit. Hey, look at this stuff. Pretty much. <laughs> yep, exactly. I um, There's this stuff called Wizard Grip. It's a different kind of grip than, the, than what came with my staff. And I bought some from the website I mentioned earlier, Wizard of Flow. Right. And I had it just sitting there for several months. I think I bought it at the beginning of 2020. And I was like, I, I need to re-grip this. Maybe I can get back into it. So then the pandemic hit and I started working from home 
and I started getting all my shit done and then not sitting in front of my computer for most of the day and it was awesome and I started <laughs> like being able to go out and do stuff and one of the things I did was I re-gripped my dragon staff and then I took it out in the front yard and I started practicing with it and I almost instantly got hooked again. That's so awesome. That was really cool and I'm still hooked whereas in 2017 I got hooked about the same time. It was around, I guess in this case it was July in 2020 but back Back in 2017, it was like May, but in, in 2017, I kind of like dropped it around October. Mm. But it is no January and There's no strong. significant dates in October that remind me of anything. Yeah, nothing at all. Nothing at all. But I see why you dropped it in October. I would too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Inside joke for the Cindy. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> Anyways, so you're yeah. back to it. Full-fledged. Yeah, I did. Now you're like a showman night. on Black Speech. Yeah, I like spinning fire naked on Black's Beach. It's awesome. Although not so much in the winter. I like it more in the summer. Is that for your sake or the the staff's sake? For my sake. It's fucking cold. Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a gigantic pussy. I grew up in Utah, but you wouldn't tell by looking at how I behave in slightly chilly temperatures. I'm talking like when it's 55 degrees outside, I am a little bitch. And, you know, I grew up in Utah where it's, you know, in the single digits in the winter, so... The bottom line is you adapt to your environment, man. Yeah, I adapted to this nice, comfy environment real quick. Right, <laughs> you know, and that's that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think 2020, man, I think you did well. I mean, I think my observation of you in 2020, one of which was, I would say, going into May, June, July, man, you turned into Mr. Survivalist. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I sure did. Kind of concerning, actually. Yeah. Whereas I was more like, ah, not give a fuck at all about anything. And you're like, the apocalypse is coming. Yeah. And so we had two different outlooks. Yeah. So I think I might have talked about this on one of our last episodes before the long ass hiatus. We'll call it a pandemic hiatus. Yeah. We were trying to protect you all from getting COVID from listening to us. <laughs> um, but I, I became somewhat convinced that society was going to fall apart. Because I'm still maintained that society's a thin veneer over ba- what's basically a bunch of animals living in super close proximity to each other. As we've seen today on January 6, 2021 at the Capitol building. Right. For example. Go ahead. Right. A group of people riled up by having their emotions manipulated by talking heads, basically. And a madman with way too much power got them all riled up and they basically stormed one of the supposedly most secure buildings in our country. Yeah, no, it's not a good uh, it's not a good symbol of our security in our nation. Right. I mean, obviously the, you know, someone high up in the police force in Washington DC is about to get fired or possibly already got fired. But oh, I we'll think see how many scapegoats they can throw out first. Right. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, what were we talking about? You becoming a survivalist. Oh yeah, becoming a survivalist. Yeah. And so was, how you, how a, a society is a thin veneer. Oh no. Right. So I thought that society was going to collapse. I mean, the recipes were all there. You know, people being cooped up inside, being limited with what they can do with their freedoms, fear, rampant fear, which allowed you know all of this allowed people to spend more time on the internet. And we all know the internet. Well, hopefully you know at this point that the internet is a toxic, bad bad place for people who are not completely and totally mentally stable and able to maintain themselves online. Like, if you're not able to maintain a healthy habit, it's a bad idea to be there. Anyway, uh, so people wearing masks in public, people buying guns, a huge massive state of paranoia, 
it all just sounded like a real bad recipe to me. Yeah, no, I think it was. Because none of us knew how to navigate this. Right. The biggest thing about this pandemic, I think, from March, the inception of this, to now, is the dialogue, this research, everything keeps changing. Because if you remember the inception of this, we were worried about surface level infections. We were worried about touching things. Like, the fear level and the in was so high, which it still is. I think there's still hand sanitizer being used. But you don't hear about it anymore. You never hear, you don't hear about not touching surfaces and about hand sanitizer anymore, ever. I think it's all about masks now. I think they've pretty much concluded that surface level infections are null. But I'm not this, I'm not Dr. Fauci. I'm not Dr. Fauci. But at that time, I just remember like everything. It was crazy. I think I was so numb at that time. I, it was just overwhelming. It just made me not care more. Not. Your give a shit broke even more? Yeah. It was already pretty broken. It was very broken. It was shattered at that point. Yeah, by March I was already giving shits with like negative seven. By June I was like negative seven hundred. I was about when my not give a shit kind of broke too. Yeah. And why was that? Because I feel like you were in the survivalist route. Route. You were like. Well, I mean, the like, phone calls we had. You were like concerned about the overall society. Where we're going, how to protect yourself. You're like, you're reading the Eagle Scouts book, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I pulled out my Eagle Scout badge and just held up to my chest to, to <laughs> you know, to get some osmosis, you know, soak up some of those skills that I briefly used, earned a badge, and then immediately forgot. That's right. Because, <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. And I'm like, I'm a weevilo over here going, yeah, right? I know how to, well, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but yeah, the evolution of this year is so intense, so intense. But the level of vacations I went on, I, I did a lot. I did a lot in that time. Yeah, let's see. Um, the one I'm thinking of most is you went to New Orleans, but that was more recent. I know you did Yeah, that was stuff. September. That was September. Was that September? Was... I thought that was after, oh, that was after the breakup, but not after... Right. Oh. That was after the breakup, but before the death. Right. Or, yeah. So, so we didn't really, so we're, we've mentioned it, but we haven't talked, we haven't said we specifically haven't. what happened. Do you want to say specifically what happened? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Uh, Since we already talked about I, it. I dated a girl, I knew a girl for a year and a half. Jenny. Jenny. Jenny Rose. I, she was a very full of life person with a loved lot it. of. Loved it. She had a lot of energy. She was not a fan of us always doing the podcast. She was very easily bored. Yes. There was times where we did podcasts and she'd be staring at us, uh, staring at us from the couch going, TikTok, motherfuckers. Yeah, pretty much. But we had fun with her. She was awesome. Uh, I was totally there for her and trying to help her. And she was helping me. I think that's a good thing I want to mention before we go into our story is I think I needed her more than she needed me. What's your take on that? Because the more I think I about it, I think I needed to care. And so she brought me to care. Because you had stopped caring, right? Yeah. And she made you care again. Mm, yeah. Ah, seriously. Like, and, like, and Jenny has, has had three kids, great kids, and a great mom. And I really was enamored with that, you know, especially during COVID, man. Like those, you know, March going on. 
we had the kids part time, you know, half the time, and mm-hmm. it was definitely engaged, purposeful, very purposeful. I mean, don't get me wrong, our downtime we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tore it up. <laughs> I but, tore it up with them a few times. Yes, yeah. Woo! Woo! Yeah, damn, good, dude. Good times, yes. Yeah, she was a partier. Yeah, she knew how to have a good time. There's no, uh, nothing left unsaid about uh, Jenny. But anyways, but that, I really think that's a big takeaway, and I thank her now more than ever for our time, and um, I think I still think I'm in shock. So Jenny passed away September 28th for various unknown reasons. Very unexpectedly and out of nowhere. Yeah. Or which, at least it was very unexpected to me. Well, I mean, yeah, so... And so, uh, to this day, I don't really know how to conclude, but all I could do is deal with my emotions and interpret what the value add was. And, and, uh, it was, uh, I really think that's my takeaway right now. Like she taught me a lot of patience, man. Dealing with Jenny was tough. I mean, man, my level of patience and level of, uh, so I honed some skills along the way. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so yes, since September 28th. And thank you, Ashley Preston. Uh, the night I found out she passed away, the following day I came over here to Preston's and I spent the night with him. And it was weird because Platonically. I also... Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it was weird, too, because I showed up with a spider bite or something oh, yeah, out of nowhere, which I still don't know how I got that, what I got, but my whole leg was swollen. So all these parallels and, what do I want to say, coincidences or signs were popping up at a high level. Hmm. But anyways. Wait, what, what significance did you assign to the spider bite? I've never fucking had one in forever, and it's I have totally one. random. And I show up here, and I have it, and my leg's falling up, and it was, it was there for a week. It was Jenny's ghost being like, hey, bitch, don't forget about me. No, I'd never forget about Jenny, that's for sure. Yeah, so I would say since... Her passing, my life, my life has been forever changed, and uh, my perspective is forever changed, and I've gone down a lot of different thought processes. Have you? Has your relationship with death changed? And if so, oh, you know, in a positive or negative way. Uh, posi- positive. I've explored it more I guess I mean I know you're not you aren't a stranger to death like I am because right. you talked about your uncle Blair who was your best friend right and your dad died when you were 12 I believe good memory so you definitely are not a stranger death and you are not a strangers but no, no but this was you know and this, this is a different I would say this is a slightly different kind of yeah you know when you when you like, you know and it's like if you lose a, a spouse or you know it's different right because it's your lover it's your friend it's you have a future you had a future with them and and it was Jenny, and that's why I was, you know, it was so intermingled, especially with the kids, you know. Mm, Any, yeah. you know, no matter if I know the person or not, someone that dies that has young kids, because I lost my father young, I empathize with that so much. Yeah, you were you were at least as broken up about them as you were about her. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, so to answer your question, I think, am I more comfortable or more accepting of death? I mean, I think I, I would go with the... Maybe. Maybe. It's a hard one, you know. Yeah, you, for sure. How do you how do you interpret interpret that? You know. Yeah. I am not scared to die, and I think I've lived exactly. a great life, and I you know examined, and I think this is a takeaway of my life. I've always lived, I think, with goodness and done well, mm-hmm. for my you know overall. 
Yeah. And so I'm content. Okay. But I think death is hard. Death is emotional. But this one, Jenny's passing, broke me as a person, for sure. Into roads in which I didn't know how to navigate. And you're still lost in those roads? I, I think I'm you, better off. Are you better now? I think, but I still have crazy things that are just beyond talking about. I mean, it but, seems like it's been a while, but it's only been four months, right? So it really hasn't been that long. No. Not, not even four months. Well, the it's good only thing, been three, really. Yeah, and this is why my parents took me on the road with them. We had a lot of fun, but we had talk of, you know, their passing or me passing. You know, oh, you cover okay. these topics. Right, yeah. You know, and... You know, I don't think my mom's in... Your mom's not in the best health, right? Right. So, you know, we talk these things through and, you know, and, you know, am I able to... I'm reminded of the purpose of life and in saying, break it down, right? Like, I think, you know, live with legacy. You mean I canceled my parents, like, cool. Let's say if you only have two, three years left, Mm -hmm. how do you want to live it? Mm. What do you... Or ask myself this too. Right. I have X amount of time. What's my priority? How shall I spend it? Okay. What have you come up with so far? I'm curious. I am going to live it like, you know, there's this country song. from like my, my man Tim. Live like you're dying. And I think I'm going to take 2021, like live like I'm dying. And that's it. Honestly. Sweet. It's my, you know, and if I die this year, then so be it. But I'm going to live it. And that's kind of where I'm at, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that means that you need to go... Uh... Go with me and live on my undeveloped, wild, untamed land for like a month. Yeah. Well, we drove by it on the way, um, you know, on the 10, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, Petrified Forest, Petrified Forest, somewhere out here. Yes. Just south, <laughs> southwest or southeast of it. So. Right, not too far. I knew the uh, area in Holbrook? Holbrook? Holbrook. Holbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holbrook. I will always have a very warm place in my heart for Holbrook. So Holbrook is the little town like 20 miles west of Petrified Forest National Park on the 10, mm-hmm. which is the interstate that goes east and west. And Holbrook <laughs> was where, when I went out to Arizona, while I was in this survivalist mode, I went out to Arizona to look at land to buy, and I stayed in this little shack in the backyard of a, of a, a house in Holbrook, which is a tiny little town. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like the guy that owned it was a retired park ranger at Petrified Forest, mm-hmm. and he was very knowledgeable and he was very friendly. And he told me about this cabin that he and his um, his business partner also owned, like right on the edge of Petrified Forest. And so I went and checked it out. And he told me about this place called the Devil's Playground in Pet- Petrified Forest, which most people probably haven't heard of. And it's probably the most primal, wild place I've ever seen. And I went there with Paul and Tyler, and we tripped on mushrooms, and we wandered around through that area. Based on the name, I would never go. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I have I have pictures on my phone that pop up randomly, because Apple like does that now. They just like send you random pictures, and you're... And anyway, and I'm like, ah, oh, that place is cool. So anyway, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Holbrook, because... My life changed um, trajectories when I stayed there. So, yeah, I mean, within the pandemic and your survival mode mentality, you bought how many acres out there? Just under 36. Or, sorry, under just under 37. Yeah, that's pretty. That was a pretty big purchase of 2020. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's kind of trapezoidal shaped, but it's like a, basically a quarter mile on each side, approximately. Right. Okay. 
which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's quite a bit. So, I mean, you really did the biggest transaction purchase of your life in 2020. Yes. Based on based fear? Based on, no. Um, based on pandemic based fear? Based on fear, not, oh, maybe a little bit of fear, but <laughs> I'd actually been looking into buying cheap land in the middle of nowhere for several years. Right. And so this is more like a catalyst, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just happened to cross this particular development, I guess you call it. Yeah, this development. And what they were selling basically fit exactly what I was looking for. Because yeah. I, I have um, a love for the Southwest Desert. And this is on the Colorado Plateau, so it's like high Southwest Desert. But it is in, it's like 5,000 feet, 6,000 feet elevation, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it is near Petrified Forest National Park, as I mentioned. It's also near a really cool national forest uh, what is, I can't remember what it's called, but the, the national forest that stretches east from like Flagstaff mm-hmm. in Arizona is very, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like, uh, it's great. I love it. I love it out there. I went out and stayed there in July and I lit, dug out a campfire pit and I burned the first ever fire on my land and it was a very spiritual experience to me. It was like I was breaking in or consecrating the land. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, it was very cool. Very, very cool. So in 2020, did you grow in a, obviously a financial way, you grew and you made the biggest transaction of your life? Yeah. Say wiped out about half of my emergency fund savings, but I've gotten about, I've gotten almost half of what I spent back, like into my emergency savings. So I'm still, like, I even when that happened, I still had plenty. Yeah, you're doing well. But yeah. it did make me nervous, especially yeah. in light of COVID and everything, but still. True. Yeah, I'm financially, I'm actually not as good off, technically, because another big thing that happened in 2020 is I changed careers, or I changed jobs anyway. Yeah. So we've all, t- we've talked about how much I hated my job and how much I thought I was a bunch of idiots, I think. I'm pretty sure we did. Oh, you touched upon it a little I bit. touched upon yeah. it, yeah. But I quit that hole, that shithole of a place, and I have no regrets. And, not and only, next week we're going to have the CEO on. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. And, and not only did I quit it, but I quit it um, on good terms in, after signing a contract where they would basically pay me to keep doing what I was doing for a few months after well for played. extra money. Well played. And so I made um, a couple thousand dollars of contract work for my old job awesome. and I have absolutely I'm over it but you know it was definitely worth it and what I, I what in pre-production Preston and I talked about it doesn't matter what job he's at or mm. where he's at he just needs to be happy what he's doing and I think it's a value add that you have the contract work and you have your current full-time job to have the current you know the contrast yes and then to realize oh it's not them it's me Yes, which to be fair, I already did know this because I I do know I talked about, I definitely have talked to you before about the idea in my head that if I change, if I get rid of this shitty job and get a different job, it won't really be better because it'll still be the same bullshit corporate that I don't like corporate work that I don't like. Right. It's just which like, is exactly what happened. It's the mantra in which you live your life. Right. That you're tied to in a professional right. way. Exactly. Uh, so I'm basically still 
going to an office every day wearing a monkey suit being told what to do and I don't like it but I like it better than I did at the other place where I was doing the same thing because at least the leadership at where I'm where I am now is competent and they give a fuck right so there's that you know so I'm, I'm, I'm working on I'm working on keeping that healthy perspective and on yeah you're doing great man I mean I don't know about counting my blessings but I'm working on being um appreciating what I have there you go yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too, man. I think for me in 2020, I realized it brought me down to the basics, mm-hmm. right? In all avenues of life. Mm-hmm. So it made me look at my fundamental self. Yeah. What what is what what is I like and dislike about myself? Because I don't have all this distractions. Right. I lost money. I lost jobs. Lost girlfriends. I, you know, I mean, it's like you go through these. So I, I lost all those distractions. And so it goes back to the core value base of who you are and what you want. Right. Um, have you ever heard of, I, I think that this is probably uh, mostly used maybe in a religious sense, but have you ever heard of the metaphor of, you know, your soul being tempered by, by adversity? My whole, my soul has always been tempered, like, you know, your tempered soul, by adversity, but yeah. But yeah, like yeah. that's, I yeah. mean, would you say 2020 was a... Yes. Yeah, your your soul is really thrown onto the anvil. Yes. Thrown into the coals and yeah. Yeah, I would definitely uh, say I was the lucky one here. And I say the lucky one because a good buddy of mine, which I would love to have this podcast, a retiree, he's had a lot of uh, family and friends die in the last 14 months. Oh, really? Any of it related to COVID? No. Okay. Not that that matters, but you know, and he's been a, he's been a counselor to me. There's a handful of people. Well, that's another thing I would like to highlight. I realize there's only a handful of people in my life I really give a shit about. Same, <laughs> isn't it great? You know it's so much easier. <laughs> that's that's the truth. Once you admit that, it's so much easier. And the bottom line is, if I'm talking and calling with you, that means I still care. <laughs> so I guess that means you stopped caring about me for the last few months. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, but but Bill. He has had uh, uh, four of his siblings die, and now it's uh, about a fifth one. Holy shit. All in one year. Wow. Yeah, wow, yeah. That's rough. Uh, four of which, one's still alive, one sibling's still alive, but his nephew of 50 just died of a heart attack randomly, and he was like really close to him. But during Jenny's death, and his, bro- his brother died a week before Jenny. Whoa. And so I went to see him, and he's like, Brennan, let's be clear. It's not about them dying. It's about how we feel about them dying and how we feel. No, they don't feel anymore. We're the lucky ones. Mm. Lucky? Lucky ones. Being still alive, you mean? Yeah. So now that's been a coined term in which we use in every conversation which we have over the last, you know, months. And when I was on my road trip, his nephew died at 50 years old of a heart attack. Just bam. And so I was on the phone with him for a long time and. You know, just the value of life and how you want to live it and, you know, and don't hold back. Don't hold back. And so that is uh, definitely one coin term of we're the lucky ones. Hmm. So cheers to that. All cheers to that. You know, sure. you know, and I've, that's. I've realized that a lot this year. Now. Yeah. yeah. How would you define you as a lucky one? Well, I was born in probably the best country in the world to be born in in this time. Agreed. In the sense of opportunity and freedom and safety, security. Yeah. We, all but, Having all needs met. Right. I was born to a family that loved me and cared for me and raised me the best they could. Despite my complaints about some of the things that I was raised in, some of the 
the you know the situation I was raised in, specifically religion. They, they still did the best job that they thought that they did the best that they could, and they did what they thought was right, which I'm very grateful for. That is awesome. And let me ask you this though: Did 2020 help you reevaluate your youth, your childhood, and respect your parents that much more? Is that what we're saying? Um, Why did 2020 pronounce this thought? Because I. I've had more time to myself, so I was not in a relationship at all in 2020. And when I get into a relationship, I lose myself by my own hand, I'll admit. But I throw myself... It's basically like... Um, I'm like a, a chameleon. I don't know if that's the right metaphor. I agree. I, I mean, I'm the same way. When I'm around... I mean, I think it's pretty common for mm-hmm. humans. You know, I've, I've talked about this in my blog, at least. I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast, but you are defined by your relationship with others. So I am a different person based on my relationship with you than I am based on my my relationship with my parents and based on my relationship with X person, you know, you're, you're defined by your relationships. Sure. And so I did not have that very big time consuming resource consuming type of relationship this year, which gave me a lot more time to get to know myself as cliche and cheesy as that sounds. It's true, though. That's what, I mean, I, I, the year 2020 is, you really, I, I think, the collectively, we all got to spend a lot of time with ourselves. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because of COVID, yeah. which probably helped. I, You know, maybe, if not for COVID, maybe I would not have been able to avoid a relationship. I don't know. I'm a serial monogamist right? that hates commitment. <laughs> and so it's like no wonder I was depressed my whole life. I would love for people, I would love for people to expand upon that with comments on the website about yeah, right. this. So feedback on oh that one because that's quite the uh, conundrum. Okay, so uh, a little like, side note. Yeah. I am I am full of contradictions. Another contradiction I realized the other day that made me really, really laugh is that I am a lazy perfectionist. <laughs> no wonder my life's been so fucking hard. Like in pre-produ- <laughs> uh, uh, This is good. See, so this is... See, so I laughed so hard well, when I had that thought. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think this is the thing about life. You realize... The contradictions of oneself right and that's what 2020 has brought right. us in this pandemic yeah for example in pre-production he's Preston is sitting on a chair he grabs a box behind him to the right and he knocks over everything and says damn it but he's yet to clean it up <laughs> but I- he was very annoyed by it <laughs> lazy perfectionist uh, very much so that's an example of such yeah uh you know and i i think we realize the human experience and ourselves we are full of, you know I love life, but I'm Most scared of, of living. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know what I mean? I care about my family when I want to see them once a month. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. I, mean? <laughs> I care. Exactly. Totally, yes. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, and this is where you realize, you know, like, for me, it's, you know, I don't know, reassessing self-respect, self-preservation, self-control. 2020 has definitely brought that to my forefront. You know, and I think, but I, you know, conversely, what you're saying about your parents, and that's what I think, you know, you got to respect how you got to where you are, and yeah. you know, and these, you know, and how I think, you know, it's like like they say, no, there's no original thought, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so how I think is a byproduct of my experiences and my mm-hmm. parenting and all these different things. Right. So you have to, uh, you have to give respect to. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And so I'm very, so despite all of the things I complained about, especially as a child and a teenager, yeah. but even into my adulthood, you know, there, there was a lot of blame and anger I directed at my parents for a long time. I definitely let go of all of that, you know, three, four years ago, the rest, like I let go of the last lingering remnants of it. Right. But I am very, very grateful to them because despite all my complaints about how they raised me, they did a they did me good you know they did right by me they did right. a lot of things right and like for example they did not turn me into a fat child who ate potato chips and candy all the time they you know they taught me the value of work they taught me the value of cooking for yourself they taught me the value of being self sufficient like mm-hmm. being able to do things yourself my dad you know would they were, I was I was definitely the lower side of middle class, probably the very the far low end of middle class. If you're far low end, I'm farther. Yeah. Right. Oh, so. right now. No, I think growing. Oh, growing up. Growing up. I yeah. thought that your dad was pretty successful. He was oh, before he my was time. Before the accident. Right? Before my time. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that... uh, ebbs and flows of life. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So we, you know, being being on that low end, you know, we always. My, they were very good at budgeting to always have plenty of food, always have healthy food, relatively speaking, you know, lots of casseroles as a, you know, growing up in, as a Mormon, <laughs> but casseroles are good because they're a high calorie, cheap food. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't eat only those things, you know, it was like part yeah. of the plate. Most of the plate was vegetables and salad. Anyway. Right. So let's, um, let's stick yeah. with 2020. So I'm I very mean, grateful. The bottom line is you love and respect your parents more. Due to your self-awareness of 2020. Yeah, I, I really... The things that they... The, the good things about the way they raised me really shone, really shone in 2020. Yeah, I that's guess you good. Say. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the baseline too, you know. I, what I really learned in 2020 is, you know, purpose, right? And your impact on people, you know. Mm. There's a handful of people that helped me get through 2020. And I would say, obviously you're one of them. You know, but I would say that it's probably four or five people that really got me through 2020. I would say Like, at a high level. Yeah, I'd say the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, at a, you know, those people, hey, how you doing? I don't, right. you know, yeah. Yeah, gonna... I realized who your audience, right? And I really realized who I really can find in and who I don't. Who I could trust and who I can't. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I lost my fucking filter in 2020. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. From this trip from my parents to my brothers to my family, I've supr- I think I tried to get murdered based on my content to the family. <laughs> and but it's real talk. It's real talk. I it's my re- it's, you know, I realize I've spent my life uh, helping, condoning and allowing people to get away with X Y and Z. To sometimes my detriment. To sometimes? A lot of the time. To oftentimes. Oftentimes. 99% of the time. Anyway. I only the, say that because but, ditto. Yeah, no, and the thing is, I need, I, I no more. No more. Like, no more. And this is where Brennan is liberated. You heard it here. Brennan's had enough. That's <laughs> no. a parentheses N-U-F-F. Brennan has had enough. enough. <laughs> and it's true though, man. This is where I, I love myself. I love Sorry, who I am. Apostrophe. Anyway. Yeah, I got you. But, I, you know, it's not that I don't like who I was or, it, you know, what my learning curve. But it's like, I'm not going to 
condone bullshit anymore. Mm. I'm not going to condone bullshit anymore. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Where I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. Mm. I'm you, a little bitch a lot, but um, but I, I'm definitely, from a situational standpoint, n- telling it like it is. Nice. And, 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 well, I'm still alive. I'm surprised. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, that's one thing I definitely learned or, and I will navigate this moving forward, but I need to look out for self going into 2021. Brennan needs to be self-sufficient. Brennan needs to be goal-orientated. Brennan needs to be... Oh, are you British now? Ooh, ooh. That's how they say it in, in the, the great kingdom. Is that what they call it? <laughs> the UK. Yeah, in the UK. Um, but, you know, uh, so, for example, our last guest, Allison Frederick slash Williams now, I believe, mm. is the term. Because she, she talked about it, but they got married a couple months ago, a few months ago. Yeah, so uh, we'll pivot to that really fast. Um, so Jenny died. They got married October 17th. Which was, what, three weeks after Jenny died? Or correct. Not it's, quite three weeks after, something like that? Correct. And I thought I was the man, because I'm the, I'm the best man, and I could handle this, because I prepared. As my stepdad always told me, planning, preparation, purpose. Unfortunately, in my life, I always do planning, preparation, self-sabotage. <laughs> and I that realize that's your, my thing. Your purpose is make sure Brennan fails. Yeah. No, that's honestly, you, professionally, personally, that's been my... Uh, pattern my trend and so in such i did that at the wedding mm. and this is where from a psychological standpoint i'm very curious not intoxicated oh i thought you were well i assumed you were i guess you assumed I, was. <laughs> I assumed that you were you assumed i <laughs> After was hearing this i heard the story and i assumed that he was yeah no uh i literally went so the maid of honor did her speech she who had, he did not hook up with by the way no unfortunately no Definitely not. And so she did well. She spoke with emotion. She had a, you know, she did well. I went up there, pulled up my piece of paper, unfolded it, bold print, so on and so forth. I looked down, my eyes were blurry. I just lost. So I literally grab it in my right hand and I crumple it up and I say, fuck this. To my left is the bride and groom in front of 150 people, 100 people. Derek says, Brennan, language. And I look at him and go, uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I apparently talked for like four minutes and I blacked out. I don't remember any of it. Nothing. Before we recorded, you said you finally watched it. So on New Year's Eve, I spent New Year's Eve with Derek and uh, Allison and I finally saw the speech. And thankfully, I pulled off probably 50% of my content that I wanted to look Oh, really? So it wasn't too, it wasn't too horrible? But it was good. Yeah, it was, it was, it was decent, way better than I thought it was or was, could have been. So having not remembered any of it and knowing your emotional state, you assumed it was a complete train wreck, but it wasn't. It was just, yes, it was just a solid C average. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Can I do my, get my diploma That's, now? I actually did not expect that story to end that happily. Yeah, no, neither did I. Uh, I was like, God, I did pretty damn good considering I don't fucking remember any of it. Like usually remember how you like body language or your train of thought or your, vi- like you remember portions. But I literally blacked None out. Wow. Interesting. Blacked out. That means, I, I don't know if this is just bullshit, but in my head, that means that you were completely being your true self when you talked. Because Oh, no, were, I definitely talked with, like, emotion and, yeah. like, I definitely, yeah, yes, correct. But, like, there was no, there were no, like, filters, you know, artificially constructed filters 
Probably. No, I don't know. No, I, I think you're right. I think it was... I think it... So anyways, that happened uh, October 17th. Congratulations, Allison and Derek. It was a pleasure of mine to be there part-time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, followed by the end of the night, the last song was Green Day's Time of Our Life. At the reception? At the reception. And I, I was going crazy. I was trying to drink myself to happy. And uh, that's okay. So after your speech, then then yeah, the alcohol. Then I then okay. I really flowed, and I was just trying. Was to it drink. an open bar? Yes. Oh my god, I've never been to a wedding that had an open bar. Hey, you, friends that are cheap asses, have a fucking wedding with an open bar next time. You've never lived in. I know. I really haven't. Like honestly, no, I really haven't. Weddings are the best, and you know I knew the girls there, and we had a great time. But I was dancing to get happy. Uh, I will give you show you some photos later. So, anyways, the last song was Green Day's Time of Our Life. That was a very common prom song yes. for our high school days. Yes, very much so. So we're dancing amongst the group. One of the girls, I think it was Karen or Lindsay, looks at me and says, Brennan, you're crying. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm crying. And then once she identified That's the, totally a panty dropper, by the way. Yeah, well, they're all fucking married. Like, what? This is the fucking yeah, problem, man. Married bridesmaid. I, I, they're called maid, not bride's wife. Or, I, don't <laughs> I, don't the, I don't know what the opposite of maid is, but... Yeah, no, I have fucking no hope at all. It's a social contract. So, yeah, so anyways, then I had a mental breakdown. So I ran off, the girls chased me, and because I Because they pointed out that you were crying? I or? guess, or the song. So I didn't even know in the moment. Okay. I didn't even know in the moment. I had no fucking idea. And I just had like a mental breakdown of like crying hysterically like uh, a little bitch. And I did that, and uh, then I tried to recoup, and then I went to the men's area, like the, you know, what do you call it, the setup room where the guys were at, and the guys go in there, and I'm like crying, and just a little shit show. I realized the next morning, driving, when I uh, I took Jenny and her kids camping at the Indian Reservation, and uh, we all danced to that song together. Oh, shit, and you, that I didn't like, know in the moment. subconscious, but Yeah, totally mind-fucked me, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm driving 24 hours later going... What the fuck? And it all of a sudden clicked? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Like no that wonder. night. No that night I had no idea. Like no idea. Uh, I'm like, what? 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 So anyways. So that song will make you sob forever now, probably. Mm. Oh, Association's going to fuck me for life, for sure. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And now we're going to play you out with Green Day's Time of Our Life. No, yeah, seriously. I'm actually not a huge fan of that song, but okay. It's about divorce, I believe. So anyways, so the timeline of events were that, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I went down the story. Oh, so yeah, so so then I went on this road trip, right? Oh, right, okay. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen Derek or Allison. Since so, the wedding. Since the wedding. And so I felt entitled and responsible to give this their year, and I wanted to spend New Year's Eve with them. Okay, got it. And so, and then I got to see my speech see the wedding video and all that stuff and this is all on new year's eve yes a few days ago okay and in that allison's a therapist associate therapist or is she a full, full-on therapist she's now? a full-on therapist she is yeah she made it to full-on i don't know because yeah. remember she specified she was very specific that she was an associate therapist when she was on the podcast she must still be then okay i, I don't know i don't really know that i just want to make sure that we don't get her in trouble yeah totally so anyways she, on New Year's Eve, decided that she was concerned about me and wanted to go down a road of therapy. She didn't really do therapy, but like just talk about how I'm doing, just discuss it. And I got her, uh, I got her uh, mind fucked. You then got I, her mind fucked? Then I flipped it on her. Okay. So, 
How so? You said that earlier before we started recording, and I'm, I'm curious to hear the deets. Yeah, I just think she tried to do a... Um, so she gave me this like, like medieval key, and An she says, hold key? this. Yeah, hold this. Like the, hold- the keys in Zelda games? Like those, yeah. that kind of key? Like a skeleton totally. key? Totally. Okay. And so she tells me to hold it with my head back, close my eyes, and tells me, you get to his castle. You go inside the door of the castle. In the castle, you have multiple rooms. You're spending hours upon hours going from door to door to see which door is aligned with this key. Okay. And she's giving me this monologue, and she's giving me all this feedback, and you know, I'm just talking. Then you get to the very last door. You put the key in the hole. You turn the key. It opens. You open the door. What do you see, Brennan? I'm on nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> and so... So they went to therapy session. That was that's that was most of it. it well, no, that's how we started that's how it. Started okay. Of like, you how gotta, did you flip it on her? What so that implies what that 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 exercises see what's your purpose, what's your goal, what's your motivation, you know, that type of thing, your baseline of existence. So it's trying to like I, I'm trying to think of how this works. It's like uh, it's like artificially creating a sense of. It's like visualizing in your head, basically. Yeah. It's like visualizing. If you want to, it's, it's, it's imagery. If you want to succeed, you got to visualize it before you can make it happen, come okay. to fortune. And so she did that. Then we just went into basically my so uh, psychological states and what I've been through and how I feel and what motivates me. And she tried to like talk me through where she thinks I'm at. And then I kind of just said, how's marriage? And then we started talking about their marriage and all that stuff. And, and I So said, you deflected. I definitely deflected. Deflection. Yeah, I definitely deflected. Brennan is a master deflector. I am. You might recall from every episode we've ever <laughs> posted. I am. I, and you know what's funny? She was, I say it's funny because she was also really hitting me hard. Brennan, you like to deflect. <laughs> and Brennan, you like to deflect with humor. Uh-huh. And, and self-deprecating and humor. And you use self-deprecating humor. I'm like, ah, I disagree. Humor is actually good because it helps me. And I gave this whole monologue. Which was all deflection. But I believe it. Though. <laughs> okay. It's not deflection, but I actually believe it, though. Okay. okay. I, well, you yeah. Know, this is where it's like, I don't know if it's deflection, but it's also like, in, in, in this monologue, I talked about Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, for those of you who are interested in... Brennan's feelings towards Robin Williams, you can listen to Cinephilia, I believe was the episode. I believe so. Yep. Or uh, possibly Cultural Influences. Possibly both. No, it's probably Cultural Influences. Anyway. So, you know, and this is like, it's it's so funny as humans how we categorize, right? Because if you say to someone on the streets right now, they say, oh, what a sad story. If you say what? If you, if you talk to someone on the streets about Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. They say, oh, what a sad story. I go, why? Cause the ending was sad. But he had like a whole yeah, long, cool I mean, he had life. A so, life. But this is what we do: we take snippets of one's life and we put it in a category. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like, and so I debated with her oh, okay. about this. About Robin Williams. Well, about his life, story? like, okay. yeah, I know this is a time and shot in my life, but you know, am I depressed? Yes. Am I manic? Am I clinically depressed? Am I, you know, all these different things I've experienced? And so we just talked about that and. Uh, yeah, it was very fascinating. So I brought a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve with a bang of a, a therapist. So yeah, it was pretty fascinating. With a what of a therapist? With a bang with a therapist? No, that's not what it's. Yeah, it sounds. That sounds like you 
brought in New Year's Eve by having sex with a therapist. So, do you want to rephrase that? Sorry, Derek, it happened. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you had too much champagne, dude. What can we say? No, I brought in New Year's Eve with a little therapy session. Okay, got it. I think it's helpful. I think it's always good to talk really? about these things. You know, I think for me, it's also trying to be open and honest with these things, which okay. for me is hard. So, you think it was helpful, though? I don't know. Because I don't the think night so. of... I don't think so. The night of, I think what yeah. you said specifically was... Don't fuck me, motherfucker. <laughs> awesome. I am at Derek's. His wife did a session on me last night, period. Useless. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, mean, I would say that a therapy session is probably not going to be viewed by your own mind as useful the day of it probably takes some time to process well it's one of those things where you know i think with my close friends i've been very honest and open with but in the capacity of 2020 and everything that's happened i've been very forthright and now i'm trying to deduct purpose here so yeah it's always good to hear her professional standpoint and then also you know because there's a professional side of allison the Mm -hmm, personal side of allison so hearing both, it was a was a net positive, but did she highlight or bring forth new information to me? No, no. Okay. And I just wanna um, I wanna backpedal a little bit and say, Allison, if, I don't know if you're listening to this, but I was just teasing. I think that you were a delightful guest, and I'm sure that you're a great therapist. And you know, it's just how it is, right? Oh, my phone's ringing. She's calling me yeah, right now. I, I know. She's calling me right now. Anyway, so now there you go. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the 2020, man, I definitely felt the the spectrum of emotions and the human experience, and I saw it all. And uh, I think I'm a better person today because of that? Question mark. <laughs> what about you? Are you a better person months. due to 2020? Absolutely. You I that? don't know if better is the right word. Better is a very subjective word. I would say... I am a more real person, and I am a more authentic person. God, I, I want to punch myself just saying the word authentic. I'll punch you. <laughs> that's that's a word that's overused by a lot of... Um, authentic Mexican food? I know. people. I get it all the yeah, time. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and also a lot of cooks. Yeah. <laughs> I make authentic Mexican food. When you, when you put pre-packaged taco seasoning and green Tabasco on everything, that is authentic Mexican cuisine. 100%. But you don't want to use it. Yeah, okay. That's good, though, right? You feel more real, forthright. I definitely, yeah. So in 2020, I wanted a few things. I wanted to improve my social skills. So 2020 actually started out, I thought it was going to be awesome. And then it ended up being pretty difficult for the first few months. Like once COVID, when COVID first hit, it was pretty difficult for me. Because I don't like being restricted. I don't like being controlled. I don't like people telling me what to do. Especially people that I did not give that authority to. Like, you know, elected officials. And so um, I was pretty unhappy basically until I had enough and took off on a two-week-long road trip to Arizona. And like I said earlier, changed the trajectory of my life. And so I... Yeah, so the first, you know, four or five months of 2020 were actually pretty difficult, but I have a very difficult time dwelling in past circumstances, meaning like 
how I'm feeling right now in my brain and in my experience is how I've felt forever and always will feel, which is why depression is such a difficult thing for me to deal with. So what I mean by that is wow, that's when deep. I'm feeling depressed, I feel like I've always felt depressed and I will always feel depressed. When I'm feeling happy, I feel like I've always been happy and I will always be happy. When I'm ecstatic, I always, you know, I feel like I've always been ecstatic and I always will be, etc. So I don't know if that's a common thing, but that's how I am. And so in the first, you know, five months of 2020, I felt very powerless. I wasn't really scared. I was more, I was not scared. I was anxious because of the uncertainty of my future and yeah, like what I would be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then after I went on my road trip to Arizona, I realized, like I gained this incredible sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. Because my mindset was, I'm working remotely, which means I have a laptop, which means wherever there's internet and a plug, I can work. So I took off, and I went on a two-week-long trip, and I worked remotely in a new place. And then I did it again in another new place for, for you know, the first week I did it in Holbrook, like I talked about earlier. And then the second week I did it in Flagstaff. And then I ended that trip by camping in the most beautiful camping spot I've ever been in my life. Um, it was a, dis- I, they call it, in California, they call it dispersed camping. It's basically where you just find a place to set up a tent. There's not like a bathroom or anything. Mm-hmm. But I camped in the most beautiful place I've ever camped in my life. Although my property I bought runs a close second. But this <laughs> was back in May and I camped basically at the edge of a cliff overlooking Sedona. And so if you've ever been to Sedona, you know that Sedona is an incredibly beautiful place. And I was camping on a cliff above Sedona. So can you imagine that? Like I literally, literally my, my hammock was hung between two trees on the edge of that cliff and I could lay in the hammock and see Sedona. That's really cool. It was very incredible. I went to Vegas. Yeah. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have never been, I've I've driven by Sedona. I've never been to Sedona. I've never just been, (coughs) I just, I just almost inhaled some whiskey. Anyway. I've I've only ever spent a daylight's time, a, a day's time in Sedona. Like I've driven through it and stopped for a few hours a couple times, but I've never spent more than 13 or 14 hours there. Got it. Yeah. Which is interesting, but I love it. I would definitely like um I my friend that I've been mountain biking with, Garrett, and I are planning to go to Sedona to mountain bike at some point, I think. I I assume we are. So, yeah. Good. I think, yeah, I think you definitely had a huge value add. I think, you know, I would say, going back to Jenny and I, you definitely spent a lot of time with Jenny and I. I think this Arizona enlightenment with you is, yeah, definitely a big one. Definitely changed your trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that it was... At some point, you were like, I'm going to move to Phoenix to get a uh, job there. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking about it. And then I drove through Fe- My second time going to my property... Which was when I um, also went up to that cabin near Petrified Forest and took mushrooms with Paul and Tyler. That that trip, I drove through Phoenix in July. And I was like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Phoenix. Oh, and right. so that changed that. But that place, that area is in my future. It's just maybe a decade in my future. Got it. I... I fell out of love with California in the beginning of 2020 
because of all yeah, the restrictions. Did. Yeah, she did. I, I think I remember I remember talking to Brennan and being like, all the reasons I moved here have been taken away from me because of the COVID restrictions. I think during one of your drives to go see Tyler and Paul... That was when I said that? You gave me a huge monologue of, fuck California. And I still feel that way, but... But you love the weather, you love the coastal... Right. The politics Being, and the taxes right. and the craziness yeah. is what kills... But That's which everyone. I'm good at ignoring. Yeah. I did gain some perspective, though. One of the things that I think I liked most about my trip to Arizona was the perspective I gained. I don't know if I'll be able to, you know, convey it adequately, but I I saw the way that people out there live, and I understood the difference in mentality between San Diego and, I guess, the, the areas that are very Republican. You know, like the wide open, tons of land... World there's America. not there's not a lot of people around like I got it you know the the difference the the political divide of covid which initially seemed like there's no way that could happen it's a fucking disease it's a pandemic but the political divide there kind of made Crazy. a little bit of sense to me right just from the perspective of they don't have people 10 feet away from their window in the next house you know they have like I do, you know, they have acres and acres of land separating them from their neighbor. They don't care. They're not concerned about catching COVID, for example. They're concerned about paying taxes, about making money, about getting by. And so I, like, I gained a little bit of perspective there. And then when I got back to California, I was like, oh, yeah, I love the weather here. The weather here is amazing. It's not crazy hot. Like, I can actually go outside during the day True. and not worry about dying. Yeah, I mean, seriously, though. Yeah. So that definitely was helpful. And another good thing that happened in 2020 was I moved out of my place where I was living with that roommate that I talked about right. that I hated. Right. And now I live by myself and I love it and it's fucking amazing. And we're in your we're in my unit pad. now breaking your podcast cherry in the new pad. That's right. So yeah. And I've had so much sex in this place and it's been amazing. All by himself. All, well, not the sex. <laughs> I mean, I've also had plenty of amazing masturbation. Okay, so one thing I wanted to talk about in 2020, another good thing about 2020 is I discovered more about my sexuality, which is actually something I wanted to do. So I was pretty upset at the beginning of the pandemic because I, I, I joked about playing STD bingo. I'm pretty sure I joked on the podcast. I don't know if it was on the podcast. You do. But I definitely joked about it. So I joked about playing SCD Bingo. You know, I wanted to catch them all. TM. And uh, I... uh, That was a Pokemon reference for those of you who don't know. I'm guessing guessing too much, but... (laughs) Anyway. um, I don't think I caught any, but maybe. Anyway. uh, So, you know, back in February, I went to a sex party, which I, I definitely talked about. And then I went to another sex party, I think, in March... But then COVID happened and everything shut down. And so like the next sex party I was planning on going to got canceled. And then the other sex parties I was planning on going to got canceled. But I actually think it turned out okay because I'm kind of over like anonymous casual sex because it's super unfulfilling. Yeah. Which is another thing, which is something that I constantly am reminded of. Whenever I'm in a relationship, I am always like, oh, I want to have sex with strangers and random people and it's exciting. And then I have it and I have it for a while and I have lots of it and it's like, oh, it's, but it's not fulfilling though. The grass is not always it just leaves that It just leaves the hole empty, you know? Yeah. But 
So what I decided, what I learned in 2020 is I like having sex with people that I have some kind of connection with, not a romantic relationship connection, just I enjoy their presence, I enjoy being with them, I want to show them physically how much I enjoy them. Right. As well as, you know, emotionally and mentally. No, having a connection is solid, it helps. It's way better. It's so much better. It helps, yeah. And so during this year... I learned more about my body and about the sexual pleasure that can be extracted from it. Specifically, I learned how to have an anal orgasm, and it's fucking incredible. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but it involves an orgasm that starts not in your dick, but in your asshole, and holy shit. Good stuff? Oh my god, yes. Alright, that's good. Oh yeah. Well, it's your prostate, right? No, it's not. It's like just the, the rim. Okay. Not my prostate. I mean, I maybe thought, it could be I prostate. thought because anal orgasms, because your prostate's there. No, for me, it's the the outside edge. Yeah, it's a sense. It's a nerve. The nerve ending. It's my man on, pussy. On, yeah, it's your, yeah, it's your, it's your, yeah, it's your anus. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the nerves. It's fuck, yeah, it's a very erogenous zone. Right. But now I know how to make it an extremely sexual erogenous zone. Yeah. That's good. Learn it, man. So, yeah. no more sex parties. Um. No, I probably will. <laughs> are you looking into 2021 as a relationship year no i very much enjoyed being single i don't see myself ever being in a relationship again what i enjoyed it so much like i really really enjoyed not being in a relationship remember how earlier i said i hate having i hate people having power over, i don't hate yeah. it i will never be friends with someone who has power over me so that was something that I realized in the last few days. Right. Specifically on New Year's Eve. Um, we, we can talk about that in this episode or maybe in another episode. Probably in another episode. How much time we got? What are it's we doing? 1.15. So we should probably wrap this up pretty soon. But we can do another episode. Yeah, we can. So 2020, thank you. Considering everyone hates 2020, I'm going to say I loved it and hated uh, it. Yeah. And accepted it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And I will cherish Jenny forever. I will cherish our time together, podcast. I will cherish the good, bad, and ugly of 2020. Agreed. Yeah, I didn't particularly hate 2020, at least not the last half, especially. I didn't really hate the first half, but I was definitely struggling the first half. Overall, I ended 2020 in a much, much better place than I started it. Yeah, I ended 2020 with... A sense of purpose, love, and wanted to provide that to specifically Derek and Allison. And being a part of the wedding was a big deal. Yeah, I think it was a good. It was a good uh, Jenny's death wedding. It was a good lineup of a uh, contrast. Yeah, right. Kind of like <laughs> the two opposites, almost the right. two extremes. Yeah, exactly. You know, so the beginning of a new life, the end of a life. Right. Yeah, and so for me, I started 2020 being not being sexually confident. Not being confident in my body, not being, or, or hating my job, hating my living situation. I now live in the best place I've ever lived. I have a really good job. I am very confident in my body and I'm very confident sexually. So I definitely grew a lot in 2020. Well, that makes one of us. No. <laughs> I don't know if I grew. Let me take you under my wing, Brennan. Yeah, no, I think uh, sexually, man, I mean. I had a lot of sex in 2020, a lot of sex in 2020, so... Yes, you did. Uh, so, that was good. 
But it's funny. I go from feast to, uh, you know, famine. But 2020, all in all, I thank you. It was great. Hard. But definitely a huge curveball of learning. That's for uh, sure. I mean, huge. Huge. Definitely. Which I'm still trying to... And I mean, process. let's be honest. It's not... Not much has changed since 2020 ended at this point. Yeah, no. Not, really. not for me. Not for me. Not I for think most people. I mean, we're still in a pandemic. We're still expecting a spike, so everything's still shut down. But, you know, the cycle of life is such that it things restart, things reset. And, it you brings know, optimism. Well, this episode, you know, this year in review is simply to say, give homage to or give respect to, give, you know, credence to. Right. And I think that's what I've been trying to do the last quarter of 2020. Right. Is understand the previous three. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I had, for me, yeah, I that 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 makes a lot of sense. That's good. For me, the last quarter of 2020, I spent trying to, well, October, I was still, I was basically manic for like October and November. And then once <laughs> December hit, it was like, oh, reality again. And I really, like, I definitely struggled in December. But I'm... I appreciate that struggle because it gave me the needed perspective, you know, like I spent pretty much, I spent basically May to November in like a manic state where everything was awesome. I was having a blast constantly. I loved everything about my life and it was amazing and it was great and it was fun and it was stimulating, but it was definitely not sustainable. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I knew that I was like kicking that can down the road. And December was definitely pretty tough, but overall, despite what I, despite my glowing review of 2020, 2020 was actually quite a difficult year. Mm-hmm. Like changing I jobs, I agonized over it. I it was difficult. It was a difficult process because I had to, you know, tell my boss who I had a good relationship with for five years that I didn't want that relationship to continue. That was <laughs> difficult. Um, you know, it was difficult to talk to my landlord about moving out because I had just moved in not too long ago. And so that was difficult because I have this thing where I hate disappointing people. And so like there was a lot of difficulty in 2020, but I think the thing I loved so much about it is that I met those difficulties and I came out in a way better place. I think that's what I'm trying to process myself. Yeah. I'm still working on that, but cause I think currently 2020 is still a continuation for me. But, you know. I mean, it's really but, just an arbitrary but I, I, number that we've assigned to it. But this is what Nothing we do. Really Humans changed. categorize. We, mm-hmm. we like to, you know. So, thank you, 2020. Mm-hmm. Lessons learned. Love lost. Frustration occurred. And I think with that, we will wrap this up because I think we both dominated and killed 2020 more so than they killed us. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. Well said, sir. Boom. Boom. All right. Peace out, everyone. Thanks for listening.